Thank you so much. Thank you. I said this in first service. Thank you so much for just receiving me and loving me. I know you don't have to do this because um, I'm a pastor's wife, but I just thank you for accepting me, loving me, and embracing me. And um, I'm just excited about what God has. <laughs> thank you. I love you all, too. I'm just excited about what God is doing. Um, one of the things I first want to acknowledge my husband. He is the pastor of of this house and he's been laboring and and just taking some time off so that he can get ready to pour back into you but I'm just so grateful to him we just celebrated um, the anniversary this past Friday yes we've been together since we were 22 years old and y'all that's a long time but I just thank God for him I, I, I when I pray and especially during this season I say God thank you for creating him for me, and thank you for creating me for him. But I'm just so grateful to have him because he's loved me. Um, and I know women, we can be so complicated at times, and he's just loved me and loved me unconditionally. So I just honor him and thank him in his absence. All right, well, I have something for you. Are y'all ready for this last week of womanology? We've had some amazing speakers all month long. I mean, preachers have been in the house. We had Dr. Dee Dee Freeman. Wasn't she amazing? We had Nona Jones, Dr. Jazz, Pastor Tasha Cobbs, Leonard. Look, they walk the floor every week. And I said, oh my God, I gotta come up behind them. Cause let me tell y'all a little something about me. I am a behind the scenes type of woman. I'll do whatever it is y'all need me to do. But I do know from time to time I share with the women here. And sometimes I share on a Sunday morning, but I am not like those dynamic preachers that you heard all month. I am this little girl from Mississippi that is a teacher. <laughs> And I feel like I see things practically in the word, and I have something that I want to share. So I ask that y'all holler back at me, love on me, as I get ready to share with you. All right, y'all ready? <laughs> so turn to Genesis 29, verse 31. Go to your iPhones, Bibles, whatever you have. Genesis chapter 29, verse 31. And I read from the English Standard Version. Genesis 29, 31, and it says, When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened up her womb. But Rachel was barren, and Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called him Reuben. For she said, Because the Lord has looked upon my affliction, for now my husband will love me. Verse 33 says, She conceived again and bore a son, and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am hated, he has given me this son also. And she called him Simeon. 34 says, again she conceived and bore a son and said, now this time my husband will attach to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore, his name will be Levi. And finally, verse 35 says, and she conceived again and bore a son and said, this time I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she will call his name Judah and she sees barren. Look, ladies, as we get ready for this month, we started out in the month of June, and our pastor taught in a sermon series entitled Manology. One of the titles in his series of messages was called, I Need Understanding. Now, this message was shared during the month of Manology in June, and I feel like it was heard, right? Ladies, you received the message, didn't you? Men, you love the message, right? <laughs> So men often felt that women did not understand them. And in that message, we heard the word. We said amen to the word. We received the word. However, 
This is not the month of June. This is the month of July. <laughs> this is not manology, but this is womanology. So I'm going to run it back in the month of July, and I'm going to use the lyrics from the ladies from the group from the 90s, and I'm going to say the same thing. What I need from you is understanding. And I'm going to say it's so simple as one, two, three. Understanding is what I need. <laughs> And I'm here to represent the ladies in the room and online because I know that we have needs and we often feel misunderstood. However, I must be honest. Some of us, the misunderstanding is a result because we miscommunicate. Amen? There is a language that women speak and that men often need to learn. Now, I know in school we speak languages like, we learn languages like Spanish and French and Italian and Greek, but however, there is another language that we need to learn, and this language is called woman. <laughs> Anytime you're learning a new language, you need some translation. So I have a translation chart that I want to share with you, because women, we often say things, but sometimes we don't always say what we mean. So are y'all ready for some translations? Yeah. All right, so the first thing that women often say is, I'm fine, right ladies? But what do women truly mean? We say, I'm fine, but we really mean I'm the opposite of fine. But at this point, I'm done talking about it because you don't understand and you're not listening to me. So I'm fine, right? <laughs> okay, I got another one for you. The second one is just do whatever you want. It doesn't even matter. Do we say that, ladies? Now, what we mean is, this is a test. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you, because you should know me by now to know that this would not be okay with me. Right, ladies? Also, if you do it, I am going to be livid. Is that what it means? All right, I got another one for you. <laughs> this one is... I'm almost ready. <laughs> now, it means I'll be ready when I'm ready. It could be 10 minutes. It could be 30 minutes. We really don't know when we're going to be ready. All we know is we don't like feeling rushed. And sometimes we may even say, just go on and leave then. <laughs> All right, I have another one for you. And it says... Does this make me look fat? Now, what we really mean is, do you think I look good in this? I also need you to affirm me in this moment to let me know how good I look and you like me any size because size doesn't matter to you. Right? All right. <laughs> All right, I got one more for you. You walk into a restaurant, you look across the room and you say, do you think she's pretty? All right, what she's really saying is, I just want you to tell me I'm the most beautiful woman in the room, and when I ask you, do you think she's pretty, I want you to look over there and look back and say, she don't even measure up. That's right, look real quick too. She don't even measure up. You are the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Right, ladies? <laughs> So I know this chart can be confusing, and women need to admit that we are very confusing at times, and sometimes we're a little complicated. 
We don't always know what to say. We don't always know how to say it, but there is a message that we often want to deliver. And sometimes women can take the wrong approach. In our approach, it could breed so many things. It could breed frustration. It could breed hurt. It could breed discouragement for everybody involved in the situation. However, that does not remove or minimize the fact that we need to be understood. We need some understanding. So there's a story in the Bible that I read to you as we began. And in this text, in the opening text, is an expert about a woman named Leah. Now this woman, she had a very interesting life, y'all. Her father's name was Laban, and he had two daughters. One daughter was Rachel, and one was Leah. The scripture describes Rachel as the beautiful sister. She's the beautiful one. They did not describe Leah that way, right? So Rachel was the one that everybody wanted. She was the one that everybody wanted to ask to the prom. They wanted to date. But poor Leah, she was not that one. Nobody wanted to marry her. Mm. Can y'all imagine that? She lived a life experiencing frustration, a life experiencing pain, because Leah wanted to be seen. Leah wanted to be heard. She wanted to be wanted, just like her sister. So her father decided that he was going to intervene. So what he did was he said, I got it. I got her covered. I'm going to make sure that I hook her up with somebody. So he met a man named Jacob. And Jacob was like, I got to have Rachel because that is the most beautiful woman in the world. So Jacob and Laban made a deal. And Jacob said, I will work for you for seven years. And at the end, he's supposed to be able to marry Rachel. So he gets the work. Seven years comes. He knocks on the door and said, hey, Laban, it's time. I'm ready to get my queen. It's time for Rachel. Laban said, all right, let's go. He threw a huge party. It was a big wedding. They had beautiful dresses and all of this great stuff. And Jacob got married, and he laid with her, and he woke up. But y'all, when he woke up the next morning, he did not wake up with Rachel. He woke up with Leah. Oh, my Lord. I'm sure Jacob was hot. He was furious because he said, this man has tricked me. He has given me the wrong woman. I worked seven years for the most beautiful woman in the world, but he gave me Leah, the other sister. Can you imagine what he was feeling? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, can you imagine how Leah felt? Leah was angry. Leah was, she probably felt insecure, unwanted, not pretty. I bet she was furious and sad all at the same time. You know, ladies, we did, that happens with us sometimes. She didn't feel like the chosen one. And that's the way she wanted to feel. So Leah spends the next season of her life trying to earn a love from a man who does not want to love her. And that's what this scripture is all about. So in verse 32, it says that she birthed Reuben. And when she birthed Reuben, his name means to be seen because she wanted to be seen. Then she went on in verse 33 and she births another child, Simeon. And his name means hear me because she want to be heard. Then in verse 34, all right, she birthed Levi. And his name means detached because she was like, this time I got him. Yeah, I didn't gave him three sons. I got him. She kept giving him babies, but guess what? He never loved her. He didn't give her the love. After three, 
And that happens sometimes. Ladies, that happens with us in life. We try to do things to earn love, and we do it out of things that we produce, but we don't get the results that we're looking for. Sometimes we think if we say the right thing, or do the right thing, or wear the right thing, that he's going to want to love you. That's what Rachel felt. I'm sorry, that's what Leah felt, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen for Leah. All right? Leah experienced what I call a crash. All right? Women are fillers. You got it? Women are fillers, and we are emotional. Ladies, help me out in here. Are we emotional and fillers? It's a natural part of the way we were created. We're hormonal, we have so many things going on, and that's the way God made us. And so anytime people say, oh, she's so emotional, that's the way God made us. There's nothing we can do about it. Because women are often like waves. I like to describe us as waves. There are times when we're up, and there's times when we come crashing down. And if you know anything about the ocean and when waves come, there are times where waves are calm, and everything is going just right. And then there's time, I guess the wind get the blowing a certain way, and those waves get real rough. And that's what happened with women. Now, women, sometimes when the waves happen and we're going up in the wave, we're esteemed, we feel good, we're rising up. But when that wave goes up, eventually it has to come down. And when it comes down, ladies, we feel all type of things. Now, each woman feels something different, but when a wave come crashing, we just want the wave to rise again. We don't want to be in that crashing stage. Because when we're in that crashing stage, different things happen for different women. One thing I know for sure, we all are emotional and feelings stir up for all of us. But the feelings may be a little different. Some women may feel overwhelmed, insecure, resentful, worried, confused, exhausted. Am I coming down your street? Hopeless, good enough, not good enough, un not understood. Look. There's so many things that women feel from day to day, and that's what that crashing wave looks like. And I imagine Leah, she didn't have many up waves. She just had all crashing waves. And in her crashing, she felt hurt. She felt insecure. She felt not good enough. She felt not wanted. This was a crashing season for her, and she just wanted her wave to rise, and she said, I'm going to do whatever I got to do so I can be on that, that upward wave. And this can happen with so many of us. When our needs aren't met and we feel misunderstood, we just want to be in that good place. We want to be in the up stage. And this is what happened with Leah. And so these scriptures reveal to us something that we can learn from Leah and that men can learn from her. And the first thing that, a, that we can learn from Leah is women want to be seen. So if you take notes in here, I'm going to say all the men in the room, take this note. Women want to be seen. All right. Every woman wants to be seen, delighted in, admired, and pursued. Yes. Women want to be seen because we want to be known for our accomplishments. We want to be known for our contributions in life. We want to be not just desired and validated, but we want to feel a sense of belonging, right? Ladies, y'all help me out. You want to be known for who you truly are. You want to be seen for your authentic self. You want to be acknowledged and appreciated for your own individuality. Not for what you do, but just for who you are. And men, you don't understand, in our lives, your words matter. Whether you a husband, a dad, a brother, a son, your words matter. When you talking to a woman and you're admiring her, it makes her feel seen by you. 
It makes her feel like she can rise up and do whatever it is she's supposed to do. Your verbal affirmations, your being fully present, your being attentive and responsive is all a part of being seen. And men, I promise you, if you could crack this code, you'll get a long way much faster in a shorter period of time. As a mom, I have two boys that I've been raising. One is a teenager and the other, he's in his adulthood now. And from when they were little bitty boys, I said, I always want to instill these type of values in them because one day they're going to marry a woman and I want to make sure they know how to love that woman, affirm her, and make sure she feels like she's the most beautiful woman in the world, right? And so there's times to time, mine, they'll say things and I'm like, all right, I've taught them well. I could go get my hair done and they'll say, oh, your hair different? They did a good job. You look so beautiful today, mom. And I'm like, yes, it just makes me feel good. It makes me want to walk across the room a different way. Yeah, right? <laughs> or there may be times where he'll say, I know my oldest, he's so great about this. He's to the point where I think he's mastered it. He'll say, mom, I just admire you so much. You're just so eloquent in what you say and how you do and how you move across the room. I'm like, yes, I got this. It makes me feel good, y'all. It makes me feel seen. Because when a woman feels seen, it doesn't just benefit the woman. It benefits everybody that's in her life. But when a woman is not seen, there are some repercussions of that too. Because an unseen woman, she feels neglected. She feels insecure, and she may often deal with resentment. And I can imagine an unseen woman, what you have to deal with in a relationship with her. There's probably some major communication breakdowns. I bet there's some emotional distance and some walls that are built up in every relationship that she has. Nobody can get in and nobody can get out. You can't receive love from her. You can't give a love. You can't receive love. Wow, that woman, she just wants to be seen. But there are some women who have been seen. And when those women are seen, it builds up a confidence in us like no other. It makes us want to contribute positivity to every relationship that we're in. It makes us want to fulfill every relationship that we're in. So whether we're a wife, we want to make sure we're the best wife we can be. If we are a mother, we want to make sure we're the best mother we can be, best daughter, because it's something about when you make a woman feel seen, she wants to reciprocate what's given to her. That's all about making sure a woman feels seen. All right, number two, your second point. We, women want to be heard. Women want to be heard. Hearing involves listening with your ears and your heart. I'm going to repeat that. Hearing involves listening with your ears and your heart. See, when you listen with your ears, sometimes you just listen so that she can go on and get, get over what she's saying and you can get on to the next point. But when you listen with your ears and your heart, you listen with passion. You understand it. You're really trying to understand what she's saying. You're respecting her. You're validating every point that she's saying. That's what it means to truly be heard. And a woman that's heard, she feels acknowledged. She feels value. For so long, women have been silenced or society has put different stereotypes on us. And so women, we just want to be able to express our thoughts. We want to be able to express our ideas and our perspective. Not overpowering anybody, not silencing anybody. Y'all, we just want to be heard. It's about creating a space where your voice can be valued and respected. 
So many times I told my husband, I said, I, my love language is gifts, and I love gifts now, all right? You know, gifts that trigger something that make me want to be excited and do things. But it's something about... <laughs> It's something about being heard. <laughs> it's something about being heard. When my husband sits down and has a conversation with me and is an intentive, look, y'all, I'm telling you, it stirs up something different in me because I know he values what I said. And he say, babe, what you think about that? My son called me and say, hey, mom, I just want to get your opinion. That's being heard. That's a different type of value. Because one of the things about women is there's a benefit. When women are seen, when men are heard, there's a benefit. And it doesn't just benefit the woman. It benefits everyone in the relationship. And when a woman is not heard, I'm telling you, she feels undervalued. She feels ignored and dismissed. Right? And that could lead to so many things. It could lead to emotional disconnections. It could lead to actions of disrespect. It could lead to her leaning her ear to somebody else. So she's valuing their opinions, which she should be valuing the opinions of people that matter the most. It's so dangerous when a woman is not heard. But a heard woman, y'all, a heard woman is free. She walk a little different because she knows she's valued. She walks a little different, and she's engaging, and she's expressive. She's intentional about learning to meet every need because she's a herd woman. All right? All right, and I got my third point. And the third woman is women want to feel secure and supported. We want to feel secure and supported. Women feel secure and supported. That means we want to be cared for, y'all. We want to be devoted to. We want to be reassured. Women seek security and support, not because that's just something we want. We want a nurturing environment. We need somebody to make sure that we thrive, that we grow, that we obtain our fullest potential. That's what, that's what happens when we feel secure and supported. And it's just not about feeling safe, y'all. It's about that emotional security. It's knowing that that person truly got you, they covering you, and they're not going to let you be hurt if anything happened to you. Security for a woman feels, makes her feel confident. She wants to explore her passions. When a man is supporting a woman, she'll do anything. She'll start new things, and she might open up businesses. She pursues her goals. She does it without fear, without judgment, and there's no negativity. Because she says, you know what? I'm being supported. And when women are supported, it plays a critical role in their personal growth. When you support a woman and make her feel secure, she wants to keep developing. She's going to grow. And when that man shows up and speaks up in her life, it's going to trigger her to be the best her, the best person she could be. Because that woman wants to feel secure. Now, let me tell you something. There is a benefit when a woman feels secure, not just for the woman, but for everyone in the woman's life. When a woman does not feel supported and secure, it puts a strain on the relationship. It breeds self-doubt. She'll begin to ask questions. She'll question herself. She'll question her abilities, her worth, her decision-making. She'll even question the people in her life. She might even question you in her life because she doesn't feel like she's getting what she needs. But that supported woman, that woman that feels supported and secure, I'm telling you, she embraces truth. She's willing and will tell you anything that you want to hear. She's ready to be naked and unashamed. She'll be open with you. She'll let her guard down. Yeah, 
She'll be the woman that will ride with you till the wheels fall off. Don't y'all want that? You want a wife that's going to ride with you? You want a mama that's going to ride with you? A sister? Look, that's what a woman does when she feels secure and supported. So yes, women, we want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to feel secure and supported. But that doesn't always happen. We saw that in the scriptures with Leah. So what do we do when we get in that season where we're not getting what we need? Our emotional needs are not being met. What do we do? We got to do what Leah did. We got to look at verse 35. Verse 35 says, and she conceived again and bore a son. This time she said, I will praise the Lord. Therefore, his name shall be Judah. Then she ceased bearing because Judah means praise. She stopped looking at her situation, her issues, and she said, I'm going to start focusing on God. Something happened between the verses of 34 and 35. Now, if I was a writer, I would fill in all the blanks. I don't know exactly what happened, but I think she probably was sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? I think she said, I'm not going to do this. I got to stop focusing on my issues. I got to stop focusing on all my feelings. And I got to reject, redirect this thing because change has got to happen. She probably said, I'm not going to be manipulative anymore. She said, I'm tired of playing games. It's time for a change. And look, she said, I'm not going to keep feeling like I'm worthless, waiting on this person to love me. She said, I'm going to stop finding my worth in this man. She looked over to God. And that's what Jacob represents. Jacob represents us finding worth in something. What is your Jacob today? What are you finding your worth in? Is it in your job? Is it in parenting? Is it in your marriage title? Where? Where is your Jacob? What is it? But verse 35 teaches us that Leah surrendered. She said, I cannot keep controlling the situation. I tried it. I did it for three other verses. It didn't work for me. She said, I got to do something different. She released it. She gave the situation to God. She said, now I'm going to start focusing on God. Because she realized she could not get what she wanted from Jacob. She had to get it from her God. Her situation did not change. But y'all know what did change? Leah changed. She said, it's time for me to do something. I was talking to my, one of my spiritual mentors about my message, and he called to pray with me over it. And he said, tell me what you're talking about. And I, I shared it with him. And he said, you know, oftentimes people don't think about God is there all the time. He said, in relationships, you tend to look to your spouse, your mate, to be everything. He said, but God is the one who's everything. He was like, God will always love you. God will always be there for you. He's going to always provide for you. And he said, when a woman and a man come together, it's not to replace what God is going to do in the fulfillment in your lives. It's like the icing on the cake for you, right? God places our mates in our life to meet our desires, not to fulfill every need that God is supposed to be doing. And one thing my advisor told me is, he says, anytime you don't understand the purpose of a thing, you abuse it. What is the purpose of your mate being in your life? Because we misdirect it. We put divine expectation on the person in our life and we expect them to be everything. But we don't allow them to be who God created them to be. And when we reverse and shift our expectations, then it allows them to be who God said, hey, this is who I created 
for you to have. And they're able to give and you're able to receive them because now your expectations have changed. Leah stopped looking at Jacob to meet her needs, right? They were there to create a generation together. That's what they were created to do. She focused on God. She said, I'm going to release it and I'm going to surrender and God is going to do the rest. And just like God did it for Leah, he could do it for each and every person. Online, he can do it for you, for every person in this room. He can do it. All we have to do is make sure that we do our part. We release and surrender to God. So as I close, I wanted to let you know that I agree. Women, we can be a little confusing and we can be complicated. Everybody agree with me, women? But I also know that God created a woman from the rib of a man. Yes? And so because he created us from that rib, I know that men, you are strong enough and God created you because you could handle and love a woman the way she needed to be loved. You could lead that woman the way she needed to be loved because he created her from you. Oftentimes I say, put yourself in someone else's shoes and imagine what they're dealing with. When you put yourself in their shoes, you don't think about all the stuff that they deal with. That's what we have to do. Men, put yourself in the women's shoes. Understand their pain. But I also say men know your limitations. You are not their God. God is the only person who can be that. He's the only person who can fulfill and meet every need. Right? It takes a real man to handle all the things that a woman has going on. And that's something I say, women, we need to acknowledge. We're going to have our waves. They're going to go up and down. We're going to have different times where the waves are calm. But what I need you to know is you got to embrace the support from the people in your life. Don't look to that one person to meet every single need. I was reading a book um, called Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, and it's an author by the name of John Gray. He's a psychologist, and he talks about how men and women speak all these different languages. And there's a quote that he said. It says, it puts too much pressure on a man to make him the only source of support. That blessed me so much. It puts too much pressure on a man to make him the only source of support. When I got this revelation years ago, it helped me so much in my thinking because I stopped putting everything on my husband thinking he needed to be my husband, my boyfriend, my girlfriend. He needed to talk to me all day. He needed to be my counselor. He needed to be everything to me because I thought that's what he was supposed to be. But I said, no, God created him to meet my desires. There's some things that he can only do for me. But God put the right people in my life. He has, I have spiritual advisor and cover that if I need something, I can get that from them. I have amazing friends, spiritual family. Like, I understood the importance of reaching out to your support so that I don't have all of those expectations on that one person. And that's what I encourage you to do. I encourage you to seek support from your trusted friends, your trusted family. Notice I said trusted. Spiritual family <laughs> or professionals. Because the waves are going to happen, y'all. And when the waves happen, we got to make sure the right people in place that can support us through that season of our wave. And this is a scripture I want to leave you with. It's Proverbs 4, 7. It says, the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, though it costs you all you have, you have to get understanding. And I hope this word ministered to you today. <laughs> I know 
as I was preparing it, it spoke to me as well. Thank you. Thank you for just allowing me to share. Thank you for being so supportive. I appreciate that. Before I leave this stage, I want to say two things.